straight out of Leighton. You're listening to Nitwick Radio with your host, Logan, Aaron, Jake, and <laughs> That's Cody. why I stopped. I was going to do the whole like trap beat thing the whole way through. But then I was like, I don't know if they can hear me or not. Yeah, no, you no. don't know. I'm glad they would have been a speaking of, speaking of which, <laughs> we need to re-record uh, DJ Shadow because I'm changing my name. Gotcha. I'm kidding. I'm not doing that. Okay. Are I'm you really worried how serious? Are you, you changing it to serial? No, no, no. Check no, it out. Check it out. I got an idea. You'll like this one. What's up? Serial experiments, Logan. Serial experiments, Logan. Yeah, my name is three you, words you, now. Hello. You do your hey, thought Grimes's kid was obnoxious. Oh yeah, we gotta let him. Hello, do his and welcome thing. to Nitwick Radio. This is season three, episode two. We're Dude. doing uh, Jeff Wayne's musical version of. The War of the Worlds. Not to be confused with not wonk, ponk, wonk. With, with, with the topic of the week being, can there be a definitive music genre? Oh, okay. Okay, he's now done. We can cold now, now we can cold now open. Now we yeah. can cold open. Yeah, now, Time now to cold open. I immediately now, started oh talking about Serial Experiments Lane in the cut. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to stop me? I'm talking about good anime. Let's put, it, let's put it this way. If any of us do change our names, it's gonna um, be you can do your own Shadow Haze impersonation. <laughs> Welcome to Nitwick Radio. No, I got it with down. With your host, Ashton. Jake. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got it down. Don't even worry. Because when I changed my name to the artist formerly known as Cody, I pull a prince. I didn't know what that FKA in artist's name stood for forever. Formerly known I assumed as. it was a new gang like YBN or ASAP. Never broke again. Never broke again. Shout out to NBA Young Boy. Yeah, shout out to Young Boy. Never broke again. Hey, we almost got 200 people to like our Facebook page. That's pretty good. Heck hey, yeah. that's nifty. I wanted to announce this right at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did set up a phone number so you can call and leave messages. Uh, 801-675-8518. You can text or call. But it's Logan's personal line. No it gonna- actually is. That's my cell phone. <laughs> no one's going to answer. I can't believe you just read that on air. You didn't even ask me. <laughs> yeah, you can read mine off on air. I'm not. Jameson will call. <laughs> uh, Alex is going to call. I mean, call. Viper had the. He had. Viper the had nads. a whole. Multiple points. He had He's the like, nads. here's my number. For Come those, on. For those listening, which is, you know, just our one homie here. Um. If you call that number slash text and you leave topics you want us to talk about, right? So like during the topic of the week section, we usually do some sort of question. If you have one you want us to do, you think it would be a spicy conversation, you think it would be good. Spicy meatball. Drop it our way and on the guest weeks, we will do your topics. Yeah, album recommends Mm -hmm. anything. One more time, it's 801-675-8518. Make it spicy. It's not not like a cool number or anything. It's just No, it's an 801. It's well, just, yeah, dude, it's an, an 801. 801 phone I didn't even get an 801. I have an 801 phone my, my, my brick right out of here. Layton. My brick isn't even an 801. Dude. I'm a little bit. 435? I ain't about to say, but it's it's one of the variants. I am slightly. It's one of the Omicron. You know how many right, it's three, it's of three, numbers there is? 385. <laughs> Yeah, Ash, Ashton has something. So I'm slightly, slightly. Well, that's my cousin's name. That was a joke. Uh, no. uh it's on the not Facebook not page, <laughs> and I am making a Twitter this week. I have not had a chance to do it yet, but Nitwick Radio will be the Twitter handle. That will be good. And the answer to that your question about if the phone number will be anywhere else, it is on, I believe, our 
profile picture on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's on our it's Instagram in and on our Facebook. Picture. If if that's you so click silly. on the profile picture, it's in oh. the description. Is that where you put yeah, it? Yeah, that, that's where it is. So, Describe a profile picture? Yeah, there's a description there, yeah. That's Ashton's really thinking about how to describe a profile the picture The artist right now. formerly known as Logan. FKA Logan. FKA Logan. FKA Logan. Um, I had some. Well, first off, the last seven digits could easily spell out Nitwick or my favorite, not Wonk. Yeah, well, okay. That would be rad, not yeah. Wonk. Look, I thought about it, but I don't know. I'd have to pay for something. I think that's yeah. too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah it would be. Yeah. Me, Honestly, I want to see that. I want to see the dedication that we've poured into the show reflected back to us through obscene Patreon numbers and my OnlyFans account. Yeah. So until yes. that happens, you're not getting any custom vanity phone numbers. <laughs> not my Wonk ears. is based. Yeah, he's, confirmed. He said chat. not Wonk is based, <laughs> uh, and I agree. Ashton's uh, OnlyFans. That'll be. <laughs> You gotta stop. This that's is my a family-friendly <laughs> so, podcast. So yeah, I was about to say that's not official, is it? The Ashton thing, oh my God, guys. I've been jo- okay. It's I've not- been joking about that. <laughs> okay, I've been right, joking okay. about. There are other you things I haven't been joking about lately, but I am joking about that. <laughs> okay, all yeah, right. Okay. Look, one day I'll teach Logan to never tell a joke again. Ever. Yeah, much ever. like if me, you be s- deathly serious about everything. everything. I feel I yep. feel like true humor comes not from sarcasm, not from pretending to be stupid on the internet, but just from honestly saying what you feel, when you feel it, and how you feel it. Absolutely. Because sincerity no matter who times. you are, there is always someone who will laugh at you for doing that. Oh, and I think we need true. to celebrate that. This is not true. disencourage. This it. really isn't the platform, but you know, since we got a homie listening, also just going to announce this fr- uh, this Saturday, uh, we're going to do an all day uh, retro gaming streaming event. We go through all of the Doug Tenaple games, though I pronounce it Tenaple because that's just tradition. That's that's the name that I understood him by. Habit. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's an all day event. We'll stream the whole thing. It's pretty fun. Usually, we manage to get him on the line with us too. And so when he eventually time. evolves into Doug Eleven Apples, Doug Eleven we Apples, will all yeah. ascend. <laughs> and when that happens, Donald Trump becomes president again. So, whoa, whoa man. <laughs> Sorry, was that too close to saltine? Uh, don't <laughs> no, be such a saltine synonym, Jake. <laughs> cinnamon? Saltine cinnamon? S- s- yeah, let's go with that. Saltine <laughs> cinnamon? That sounds like it would be an awful That cast. sounds <laughs> horrible, dude. Also, <laughs> Nitwick banned. As does the epithet. Say, yeah, he's saying the racial epithets. He's on Twitch saying racist Also, I, I just wanted to throw out there... Um, Oh dang! It just—it totally just left my mind. I keep doing this. Dog, I wasn't aware that we needed to have a news oh, yeah, announcement. No. I remember, yeah, dude, we're, remember. we're doing housekeeping. No, no, right no now. I remember. <laughs> it's it's uh, you know, Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard. Oh my god! That, that's oh yeah, that, that was not news. News of the week. Wrong yeah. podcast. <laughs> Did you guys know that Overwatch is going to be on the Xbox? Actually, okay. So my favorite theory about why Activision <laughs> was so willing to sell to Microsoft is because that new Game Pass subscription that they're offering will automatically register everybody as a WoW player. Which means... Final Fantasy XIV will still be bigger. World of Warcraft can get bigger than fourteen. It won't happen. It it won't. I'm hanging out in yours, Much like World of Warcraft, none of you are here by choice anymore. I mean, as, (laughs) as long as you know about the whole WoW refugee thing... I got called a WoW refugee in my first day of Final Fantasy fourteen by a guy that was max level, and I'm like, "What does that say about is you?" Being a, wait, <laughs> is being called a WoW refugee an epithet? 
Well, we can make it one. We, we can it, make I it one. It feels like yeah. it kind of no. is. The no, thing about we it, we don't need any it more. Seems to <laughs> me, oh, wow, Fuji. It seems to me like wow, Fuji. That sounds too close to waifu. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I was going to say it sounds close to the Fuji's, but okay, you Yo, do. Shout you, out man. Lauren Hill. But wow, wow, Fuji seems to be a self-given title from what I've seen. It yeah. seems like. Well, <laughs> it's because they're reclaiming it, you know, just like every other epithet. <laughs> That's a road we don't need to go down tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I'm afraid that uh, this is just gonna have to happen. Don't be a, don't be a saltine synonym, my dude. I was gonna do it earlier. This is a spicy show today. If we're starting off this way. Okay, can I, can I clear something up really quick? Yeah, because I'm a little confused. Because you guys keep saying this name, Jeff Wayne. All I could find was like the Simon Vance reading on iBooks. Oh no. You listen to the album, right? Did you listen to it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I assume you did, right? Oh no. Wait, no, no, no. Oh no. Oh no. I I assume there's something special about the Jeff Wayne version. I figured the Simon Vance version would it's be the same. It's a theatrical prog opera. Oh my goodness. You, oh, it's You just listen. It's an album? Oh my you, gosh. You what? What? I okay, I was confused. I was like, no, "Oh, War of the Worlds. I've heard of that." No. no not the Literally, book, if you go to any platform and type in Jeff Wayne War of the World, <laughs> it is number You're 1. You're telling me you just listened to like the radio broadcast? I didn't hear Jeff Wayne you, until You listened to the Orson Welles 1938 radio whoa, 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 shout out to no, the no, no, no. I listened group. So I was a little confused because it was five hours and 45 minutes long. Oh, and I was like, yeah, well, no but way. we did review The Caretaker. Oh, All right. So, so you know what I'm going to have to start doing? I'm going to have to start dropping a link in the chat now. Come on. We did you get it? Did you get it? Yeah, I, I, thought, he did it. Okay. I thought he did a great job. And I feel comfortable with talking about the story of War of the Worlds. If you can talk about the story, <laughs> you're halfway there. But honestly, you're missing all of the 70s disco prog elements. It's- I'm not going to freak out yet. You're, you're missing all of the disco 70s prog elements. Well, I, just, so, I thought Simon Vance did a really good job, and I'm not really sure what throwing in prog would even do for so, that. Wait, whoa, you, whoa, my wait, friend, whoa, would be so wait, surprised hang on, you heard no hang on, solos in your version. Hang on, hang on, hang on. This yeah. has to be said. Logan is playing stupid. Logan is playing downright idiot right now is he yeah he is is he I, how do you not know wait, 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 wait. how do you hey. not no no no. I, I i'm right and i know i'm right because how do you not know the jeff wayne version when it's literally in the title freaking twice here's what i'm thinking there's no way logan didn't no, no, know wait. he's a smart guy this was intentional uh, this was some intentional no, 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 Jake, crap. here's what i'm thinking i'm thinking logan might not have listened to it but maybe ashton did did a- hey did ashton listen to it the jeff wayne version <laughs> I, I have been screwing with you guys. Yeah, I, okay. Wow. Yes, there we go. I just would like to point out that I, so there's two messages that I feel are very important to this conversation. The first says, Logan doesn't care about his podcast, SMH My Head Sag, which is the emote of Pepe the Frog smoking a cigarette. And then I found out immediately after that Doofus gets auto-modded on Twitch. The word Doofus? The word Doofus. Because it said, Logan is deaf playing... And it was blocked, and I was like, well, "Wow, yeah." What's a six-letter you know, word that would get blocked? And I opened it, and I was like, "How, how do you doofus. know? How you know that dude didn't just say saltine synonym? Did you say saltine synonym? Are you trying to get us canceled? I don't know. I Off think, the air. I do think with Twitch, 
Probably for fairly good reason. You got to really monitor the gamers, you know? Well, they'll say gamer words if you don't. <laughs> no one needs that. Anyway. Hey, that was a good that, that was a good gimmick, though. You actually, yeah, <laughs> was it was. Bit. You stuck to the bit. I'm proud of you. This is a Utah-based comedian's podcast. It is not. Don't listen to him. <laughs> you did well. Yeah, no, I, I was on the album. Uh, this is an album that I was interest, introduced to in my youth. Uh, my dad's a big fan of this one. And, you know, it's one of those that actually, with time, even when the first from the first time I heard it, I, I was like, you know, that's a pretty interesting, compelling project. It's one of those albums that kind of proved to me that, I mean, just how far you could take an album. It's like, wow, this is a pretty unique experience. And that is still true, even after having listened to quite a few albums. It's still an album that's very unique, something that I find myself returning to somewhat often, and I, and I enjoy it. So I wanted to see what you guys would think about it. It's not as good as the Simon Vance edition. Smoke and crack. <laughs> Did you actually listen to Simon Vance one? <laughs> okay. Uh, it's just the name that came up. I see. I was... It's got a like, kind of legendary status over there okay. in England. So I'm going to... For those that don't Goodbye, know this Marianne. already, which I assume that all of you guys know this at this point, but um, The War of the Worlds was a novel written by H.G. Wells like in the eight, late 1800s. I think it came out in 1899. 1897, Man you I think. The Invisible Man. And Banger books. In 1938, Orson Welles. Can books be bangers? It? Dude, I just looked it up today yeah, and it said can. 38. I don't think is so. it 38? Let's fight, bro. No, I'm not. I'm a pacifist. I just. It I might be it 39. It, no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I looked it up and I thought it said 38, but. Well, it's the Mercury Theater Group. That's all that matters. 38, 39, right around there. But Orson Welles. If this you're not already confused by H.G. Wells and Orson Welles. No relation. No relation. And the one in the late 30s was Orson Welles, as in Citizen Kane, Orson Welles. Just Magnificent so you know. Anderson. Oh. Radio and, Times at Midnight. And um, anyways, man. the story goes. Now, I've done research on it, but the story goes that. When they did the radio adaptation, tons of people tuned in and thought it was a real broadcast about an actual invasion happening. And there was a rumor that some lady killed herself because of it. And like people were fleeing from their towns and stuff. Anyway, infamous story. Kind of cool. Yeah, no, it, I mean, because a good portion of <laughs> the radio broadcast was uh, announced through the perspective of radio. So I don't, I don't mean to be that person, but... That story is, is falsified. Probably a story. Yep. There, there is great evidence that. Uh, well, I shouldn't say evidence. There are annotations on Wikipedia that I haven't read that indicate that no more than fifty people left their homes as a result of hearing. This I broadcast. edited those because I didn't want Orson Welles to have. Oh, a thank, you. Name. <laughs> thank you, thank uh, you. No, and and the second thing man. is that uh, it's actually implied to have been a very clever marketing stunt yep. to sell recordings yep. of this event. So uh, Logan RKO. Logan came in for the uppercut. He stole the thunder that I was building up to. Oh, but I'm sorry. Now. Basically, that is kind of, just as he said, a story. Um, apparently, it was the newspapers trying to jab at the medium of radio, trying to say that radio had too much power, that they would you know, control people's emotions or whatever. Regardless, so... In the in the two thousands, uh, Tom Cruise, right? Am I wrong about that? No, it's Tom Cruise. Um, it's yeah. Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Several people actually did jump from buildings because they were watching the film. No, no, no. He just likes to do his own stunts. No, 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 no. There, there were scenes in that film that were just it was such realism, torn apart airplanes and such and whatnot. 
the people watching it just absolutely went bonkers. And so it actually had a relapse uh, in the early 2000s. Much like Eminem. Much like Eminem. Just Yo, like when the monster music. Related to Eminem, I found out there's an official Quake 3 mod to have Eminem and Dr. Dre in your game the other day that came out around the time of the Chronic 2001. <laughs> That's a total side note, but you said that and I was like, yeah. Or no, it was to promote the Marshall Mathers LP. <laughs> Also, I, I was like, no, that's got to be Cap. Oh Wrong. The, the, I googled it. It's real. It's why up. can't I play as ASAP Rocky in Grand Theft the Auto? The sound 5? effects. The sound effects of the aliens in. Tom or better yet, the baby. He actually killed a guy in Walmart. Tom Cruise's uh, War of the Worlds definitely has some pretty cool audio, to, like sound design. Watch oh, the original. I, I, are you one in. of those sound design people now? I will say that the sound design is pretty good now. Sound one. design people are just the uh, the granddaughters of the cinematography. See, here's people. the thing though: was you was hey, shush. Tom Cruise? <laughs> the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds sound design is good as Jeff Wayne's? No, no, mm, sir. no I, flute solos. Let me say this: if you go watch the Tom Cruise movie, you go won't, watch the one from 1953. You won't get. Yeah, which is just too good. It's too good. It's too it really good. Really, I just so. Ugh. <laughs> the guy, the guy, the guy playing bass on this album throughout the the whole thing, man. He's, he's just, slapping down licks. Oh yeah, he, he's, so he's slaying. Honest. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in hot with my my take first, oh and, and it might be you know. I, I, I can already tell. I'm already getting some bad vibes off Logan. I'm already, you know, getting a little. No, I just said I'd bring a lot of negative energy into this year. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyways, I also had a similar exposure to Aaron to this thing. Like when I was young, my uncles and my dad were like obsessed with it. They really love it. Um, my uncle actually went and saw like a re-performance of it like five years ago. Oh like, yeah, out in they England, re- they re-recorded the whole album. With and like Liam Neeson, Liam on Neeson. one of the versions of no, it. No, he's the narrator. Oh, is he? Yeah, throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, this this album, too, has some features. I believe it's the singer of Thin Lizzy's in there. That he's the preacher. Right. I didn't look into the I think he's the preacher. In the new or the old one? The old one. Huh. And uh, I don't know who the announcer is, but you know that he's somebody. Somebody, yeah. I'm so, screen age my way. I mean, as quick. you can see already, this thing obviously clicked with a, a lot of, it's kind of like a cult following thing but big enough to actually do is some show revamp in like 2015 or whatever yeah i think they did the o2 arena yeah that's a pretty big so i mean thing. you know it's not it's not like a household name like most people aren't going to know this when you're talking about it but it seems like it has some probably really diehard fans not gonna have the spotify listeners because most people listening probably have it on vinyl yes this is true but anyways uh sorry that was that was oh. a really long intro to my opinion but the narrator was married to elizabeth taylor like the major actor, huh. he was also nominated for seven Oscars, but did not win. I oh, mean, wow. I thought I thought he was good. Like, I'm I curious think... what he's in because I recognize the name. Um, a I lot do of, like stage. The, oh, he's the... in Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf? He's like the main guy huh. in that. The re-recording, yeah, had Liam Neeson as the narrator. The only other name that I remember, and it's not even it kind of, eh, but Alex Clare is on there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that dated hard. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah i think that uh anyways the only reason i brought up the childhood thing right is because i remember enjoying this when i was young like thinking oh this is awesome but also it kind of fell off for me and when aaron said that this was going to be an album here again i was like oh it'll be interesting to revisit that like I kind of bet that I'm going to hit play and it's going to be some nostalgia, but I'm not really going to care for the experience much anymore. But I was wrong, dude. I got sucked into this thing. Like 
I actually love the story and I love how cinematic the music is. Like, yes, it's dated, it's corny or whatever you want to say. I'm just, you know, prepping for what Logan says. But what I'll say is it is very endearingly dated. Like when it comes on, you're just like, oh, like you can tell that they cared about this. And it was, it just feels cinematic and very iconic. The pacing, because like a lot of like storytelling prog albums, concept albums, they like really jam the story down your throat. And the story is present in like the way they do the narration with the nothing is going too fast yeah it's just right at the right pace yep and i and i loved i i actually loved the way that dialogue like the music would kind of just get into a soft loop and kind of die down and then the dialogue would i i don't know i felt like it actually worked really well as a concept album like a storyline um i remember when i was young thinking Oh, once you get to the red weed stuff, the story falls apart and it's just kind of annoying. And But I was wrong. I loved the red weed part. Like, I love that whole bit with the preacher. And um, I don't know, dude. I, I had a great time revisiting this. Like, this is freaking awesome. That, that's about what I would say, at least to start off. No, I very much agree. I was a little bit... I ha- I haven't listened to it for probably... I mean... I probably listened to it like once a year or something like that. But yeah, I remember feeling the same way with the red weeds. Mm-hmm. But the story is actually better in that part. Yeah. The it, music's it, yeah. not as present, but like the storyline's really cool. Yeah. Cause I, I think what the feeling was is like when, by the time you get to the red weed, it is a little bit more focused on the narrative than the music in that section, but not, not entirely. Cause you get that no Nathaniel, no song, yeah. which is so uh, good. I, I love it. <laughs> but anyways, um, uh, I think what it was when I was younger is like that intro is so iconic and so much energy and it's so like, it's got like a feeling to it. And then it does kind of fade into narrative for a bit. And I didn't like that when I was younger, but I really enjoyed it this time. Those first two tracks. So good. They're really good. Yeah. Those are great. Yeah. The bassist the whole time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't care what Ashton has to say. This is, this is actually a really pretty great album. Heater. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I fully, I fully, ad- I, I, I acknowledge a lot of the points that you're going to bring up. All right, I don't. I acknowledge them before you. <laughs> I acknowledge them before you make them. But let me just say, for me, this is an exceptional experience, and I use that word like in its literal definition. Like this is an exception because sci-fi concept albums, prog, that is not my thing. But this one is exceptional. Again, like, I myself. really enjoy this. And I, I don't know exactly why. I, maybe it's the nostalgia, but fetch it. I had a good time. Uh, it's pretty special. It There's is no special. other album yeah, special, I know of that's special like Special is a good word. It is special. That's how I feel about it. Especially long. Okay, I, re- I, 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 do, I do want to <laughs> yeah, hear that's, that. It is say. long. It is long. You two are going to have to duke it out. Huh? Nah, Logan, go first. All right, let's freaking fight. Um, he's a pacifist, pacifist. Yeah. oh okay well that really contradicts with all the negative energy i'm trying to bring That's into okay. this world. i'm leveling it out at woodstock Yin and yang people are dying in the crowd while logan's on all right here's here's what i'm gonna say about here's what i'm gonna say about this here are movies with soundtracks that i've enjoyed and plays um hamilton Oh, uh, come on. Frozen? <laughs> come on. Frozen, yes. Um, Frozen, yes. <laughs> Wicked. 
Come mm. on, bro. He doesn't mean it, does he? Um, no, he. I mean, maybe not. He might be being ironic, but I actually like a lot of what he's saying. Coco. That's a banger. Oh, okay. I, I love that movie. I can't remember the music. Tangled. Never I don't it. remember the music. At Actually, Tangled. I have seen it, but only in Spanish. I saw it. Yeah. I don't remember the music at all. <laughs> um, I don't hate this album. I don't hate it. I don't feel that same type of like vitriolic apathy that I had towards <laughs> Limp Biscuit or the burning rage of what happens when you completely don't understand why someone would do something why I, that I feel towards Oliver Tree. Uh, what I feel towards this album is that it is missing something really big. I feel like I fell asleep watching a movie that I started at 3 a.m. because I thought I wasn't going to sleep that night. And then I had some dreams, and then I woke up at 6 a.m. when my alarm went off to go to work. <laughs> Those are kind of good feeling. I don't really know how to interface with this album. <clears throat> Primarily because, and I think this is my gripe with it, I did not have visuals. If someone said, hey, would you like to see a concert that is a musical rendition of War of the Worlds with visuals, with performances and, like, screen things going on and choirs and string sections i would have been like heck yeah sign me the heck up because that sounds like an incredible transcendental experience however listening to it on a phone speaker on my bed late at night that was your first mistake that was your first mistake while reading along with the lyrics made me kind of feel like huh so I don't feel like this is the experience I'm supposed to be having with this. So I I don't mind. I don't mind that there is this incredibly ambitious project that exists out there. And I think really the live show and the immersive experiences that they do, that's the way that you're supposed to interface with this album. Another way that you're supposed to, that you could interface with this album is by being an amateur guitar player in the 19... late 70s early 80s having your dad or you personally spend way too much money on a high fidelity sound system you go out and you buy a record and you want to get your money's worth out of an hour and a half long listening experience it's Uh, it's hour 44 hour 44 minute long listening experience and so you're like oh i want value to the money i want to hear a lot of skillful playing and, and some really moving sections for how much money I am dropping on this high-fidelity sound system in this record. And I think if I sat down and I put on that record, and maybe I was, you know, uh, having some type of substance and and sitting around with a few good friends who just wanted to chill, I could also enjoy the album that way. But as it stands right now, I'm missing both of those elements, nor do I necessarily want to engage with them. Because no matter how well the music may fit the scene— or it may be really well composed and have rock solid bass lines. I'm going to throw this out there. There are zero bangers on this album. Yeah. Zero bangers. Yeah, the, the, the fact that Logan comes screaming into a War of the Worlds album looking for bangers. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's the second problem. That's yeah. the second mistake. I heard phone speaker. I heard I needed visuals, and I heard no bangers. <laughs> I, I don't know about this. I mean, so bad. so how am I supposed to... I could say I thought it was too long. I could say I thought that there was not enough singing. 
I could say I find the word Nathaniel to be incredibly annoying only as a result of listening to this album. <laughs> I could say um, many of the <clears throat> about half the synthesizer choices I feel were incredibly inspired and the other half make me want to tear my ears out. <laughs> I could say all of those things, but I'm looking at I feel like I'm looking at a third of the puzzle here. I feel like, you know, somebody handed me like a, like a, a thousand pieces. I put together set. I put together 500 of them and I said, nah, I don't like this puzzle anymore. Like, I, I feel like I'm just missing. So, so what, what trying, this was what supposed you're, what to you're do. trying to say is that you have ADD and you find it. Yeah, whatever. Difficult to exist it, in. If that gives you a friggin framework for why I wouldn't like this <laughs> album is saying I have a mental disorder, then OK. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I, but what I'm going to say is like. Um, there's just, I don't feel like this was the way this album was meant to be enjoyed. And I don't think necessarily like, oh my God, like, okay. So if I were somebody who was trying to make it in the music industry as a soundtrack producer, and I wanted to get clout to my name, I tell Weston all the time back when he wanted to do game scoring. And that was the main job profession that I wanted. Right. I was like, write a soundtrack for a video game that doesn't exist or for a book or for a movie that doesn't exist. Just show that you can do soundtracking, that you have the skills requisite to do it, and just tell a story that you're interested in. So in terms of the place where a project like this would even originate, which is saying, I just want to try and score and tell a story. Who are you kidding? I have two Coheed and Cambria tattoos on my body. I love that band. And the deal is that that story sucks. It's not a science fiction classic. It's, at best, a very mediocre comic book. Yeah, I don't know if I'd use the word mediocre. But here's the difference. All the Coheed and Cambria albums have bangers. See, okay. Okay. yeah, Cody's friend it. Cody's friend on the comments said nothing bangs when you play it off a phone speaker. <laughs> wrong. Wrong. <laughs> um, so wrong. Let's say this. Uh, Sotai actually did bang pretty good. There are Tyrone. a few tracks that bang off a phone speaker, and it's usually because they use the har- harmonic basses on the 808s, so you still can feel yeah. that. But let me just say this. I think um, that makes total sense, and I actually usually, and again, I'm, I'm kind of going into that exceptional thing here, but like, usually I would agree. Like, basing on an, a pre-existing story, especially sci-fi, it's just so tired, and I don't know how it was in the late 70s, probably a lot different, but for me, it sounds like a bad idea. But I don't know what it is. Maybe I was just able to turn my brain off for this one or something, but I... I feel like this is very well captured personally. Like I, I actually think that the story and music go together so well here that it doesn't need bangers. It is an experience and it's a good experience. Yeah, and I, I have a rant a little bit about bangers because like, don't get me wrong. I like a good banger, but at the same time, the shelf life of a banger, you need a, you need a new one because, because you know, it's the shock and the the excitement. You know what I mean. You like it's like that first time we heard Hannah Montana by Migos. <laughs> we had it for like six months. Everybody's going Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana. I sell Molly. I sell White. Eventually, that gets worn down. You need someone to come in with bad and bougie. <laughs> see, yeah, no, see that is kind of what happened. And then you can come back. You can come back to bangers. Yeah, like. You return to bangers. I'm not. Yeah. So I'm they're not. not de- they're not dead once they're done. Yeah. I'm not saying that. But I, what I am saying is, it's like, um, like I think that longevity can exist. Like actually, a lot of times longevity lives outside of bangers. But like, it's a hook that gets you in. And you're right. 
this album, a lot of people would just go right past it. But I do think it's doing something pretty well. If you give it a chance. Yeah, it's being a good thing to listen to after you attend the show. The immersive experience. Well, I've never watched the show. I, I, I've seen like two clips on YouTube. And yeah. let me just say, it is not some visual experience. Like, the, Okay, so they build like one of the, the tripod things yeah. that it describes. There's one of those. But that's about it. It basically looked like there's a tripod thing with a band well, but underneath even then, it. I think just being there and like seeing the cast like rotate around and the amount of people that it takes. I think that would have been like, all right, I want to go home and I want to like kind of relive this in a sense. I want to hear, I want to hear Cody's take. I'm sorry. This is the coolest album we've done on the show. Fetch! <laughs> My man. Period, point blank. I love it. This is far and away the best thing we've done on the show. I was, I turned it on. I didn't even know this existed until this week. And which is saying something. Cause I'm, I mean, Aaron I'm actually has, very surprised I am you didn't a know giant prog nerd. And when I turned it on, I'm like, man, this kind of sounds like Camel. I still hadn't connected the dots that it was the War of the Worlds, like the book. For whatever <laughs> reason, just, whoosh, I was at work. Um, but then, like, everything started, and I was like, wait a second. I was like, what's going on? And then I looked at the album art, and I'm like, wait, that's one of the tripod things. I'm like, this is like if Orson Welles was in Gentle Giant or Camel <laughs> or Emerson Lake and Palmer and I am 100% in yeah. Wells Emerson Lake and Palmer Welp that's yeah. the new band and that, that's the true 70s this, way to do it just use three guys yeah, last names this is legitimately the coolest thing that we have had on this show and I was like like Logan's like it's long no no it's not this is like the perfect runtime for this it encapsulates everything it gives me enough flute solos that I'm happy by the end of it <laughs> and I mean I'm also a guy who loves like Arion, like yeah. Arjun Lucasen loves this. There's yep. no way he doesn't. Yeah, that's true. And like you listen to something like Into the Electric Castle by him or 01011001. Like that album is, that is correct. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I think that I, was correct. Yeah. Those out or The Human Condition. Like they're all like two hour long albums. It's a John Bellion album too. Um, but they have <laughs> like is. these giant. It's in particular like Into the Electric Castle or Zero One. I'm not ringing them all off again. Universal Migrator. Universal Migrator. They're all these like really highbrow sci-fi stories. And so it's like there's no way that he wasn't inspired by this. Even down to the instrumentation. Like yeah. the way he composes songs. I'm like, yeah, this is almost one-to-one -one with a couple songs that, that is, like came to mind by Arian. I, I just think it's very cool. true. I think it's cool that the characters aren't really – they're singing – like the, the the relationship between the narrator and the singing is done well compared to a lot of concept albums where the singer is like telling you the story in lyric lyrical form. It's like no, the narrator sets a scene and then these guys just perform in yeah. the scene and yeah. the next scene. It's kind of it's it's good. It is good. The only thing it's missing is uh, Devin Townsend screaming in Loser. <laughs> oh that's, yeah, that's the only thing we're. Missing. I love it. It's like him, Michael Acker, felt Stephen Wilson, and like. Um, James Labrie. That, that is... Stephen Wilson's in that album? I, oh, maybe he's not. I might be thinking of something else. But I know James Labrie and Michael Ackerfeld are. Yeah. Human Condition has some really good stuff. It does. There's bangers on that. You want to talk about a prog rock I was album? Gonna, I was going to do Universal true. Migrator or, one um, last season. Oh, it's um, The Source. It's his like second yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. album. That first song on there has got like 11 different vocalists. It's so 
it's so good. That sounds like a yikes to me, but no, I'm, dude, it it's could like, be cool. I mean, that's, that's BS vocals like, either. It's like Russell, I can never remember his last Alan, I think, from Symphony X, like Florianson from Nightwish is on there, James oh, that's Lebrie. Cool. That's cool. Like a bunch of incredibly talented singers. That's pretty sweet. And there's an awesome synth solo. Yeah. You know, man. You are you are definitely right about the parallel to Arjun Lucasen. And I I had thought of that before because my dad was obsessed with both of these things when I was young. But yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Oh yeah, the DNA is all over. Yeah, well, Arjun oh, yeah. Lucasen though oh, yeah. is kind of like it's kind of like you got like in horror film, it's like this is like the original like seventies horror movies. Yeah, yeah. And this then, is George Romero, and then yeah, Ar- George, and then Arjun yeah. Lucasen is Sam Raimi. Yeah, it is. It is this is true. <laughs> also, that was the other thing about just like the actual musical composition. I felt like I was listening to like a seventies Italian crime movie, or like one of the of the dead movies. Like the soundtracks, those are all a little more synthy than this is, but like they're there. Yeah, it's the same vibe. Yep. Yeah. I oh man, I don't know. There's something about. The, the like the sounds that they're selecting, and again for me, it's it is those bass lines. That bassist is good. Yeah, he and, is. And good. and like, like that second song, that dun 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 dun. It's like really. It's like once it's, it's in your head, you can't get it out. Scooby Doo vibes. Like, and I mean this in a totally sincere and like this is a loving thing for me to say. I love Scooby Doo chase music. This has got that all over it. And I'm super in. There'd be like some of like, I I wouldn't call them fast, but like the faster parts of the songs. I'm like, I feel like I'm about to watch like the characters of Scooby-Doo versus, you know, like the uh, spooky space ghost run back and forth between doors. Yeah, I I actually totally see that. I can 100% see it. The only man still doing that is ghost. I think we need more people doing Scooby-Doo Those parts of Scooby-Doo episodes when they're just like, having a guy just draw a scene and then the same run animation across oh, and yep. then the other direction yep. and then the monster, the mm-hmm. one direction and then the yep. other direction, the new scene. Yep. That is happening. No, I, um, I also just to kind of, I mean, it's parallel to what you're saying is I just think that these sounds are just so instantly memorable. Like I, when, when I listened to this, when I was young, okay, I haven't touched this thing in over 10 years. And the second it started going, I was like, oh my gosh, like this stuff is ingrained in my head. I think that's also just like a hallmark of prog in general. Like the albums that you like in the prog genre, those things are going to drill into your brain. I mean, maybe you're going to revisit down the road. I, well, okay. You might be right. And I'm not saying like everyone, not every album, but like the ones that you did like in the past, like you're probably right about pieces that that just drill into your brain. Yeah. Like the, Drum intro on I'm, Awake by Dream Theater. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I like, was going to make a counter argument, but you are... Yeah, you are really probably right. But it really does it here, and I do think part of it does have to do with just, like, how simple and iconic the sounds are. Like, I just love the recurring themes that come back. Like the flute solo, yeah, the same it, flute solos on like three different songs, and, and it, it works. It's so good, yeah. And I do love uh, Logan was mocking it a bit, but I do love the like how that just comes in just at the right times. This made me break out books at work today about Martians. I like <laughs> I was reading like the Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury at work today. Ray Bradbury, shout out. 
True. That's, that's freaking sick. No, that, that one synth that sounds like a whistle is like that. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I love that synth. That is and, a good synth. And, like, so many of the lines are so memorable. Like, you know, the, it's a million to one, they said. Like, and, and like, the, the. It's stuff like that, though, where I'm like, Arjun Lucas and loves this album. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yep, that's it. There it is. Yeah. And then, like, the, I loved the No Nathaniel No song. Partially because I just love that sequence with the preacher. Yeah. And when he's like I, freaking out, he's like, hey, they're demons. Yeah. It's and, so good. And then his wife just comes in with this steaming hot, most base take you could ever have. <laughs> like she's in the middle of a literal Armageddon and she has her head just screwed on like so tight. I'm like, this gr- <laughs> this lady demons. is amazing. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I also it's, like the, the narration when he's saying like, um, if... He, he says, like, in retrospect, it's, it's surprising to me we spent our day like this. Like, uh-huh. we're just playing games or whatever. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. I, yeah I, was I, like, there's some good writing in there. It was I incredible the, to me that people spent this, like, any other night yeah. or whatever. Epilogue 2. The one where yeah. it's, like, NASA in the 70s. Yeah. I was like, that's so sick. That was it sweet. Is. It is. It's a perfect end to an album. And you know what? They never followed it up, which is even cooler. Yeah. <laughs> that is even cooler. I know cooler. what's going to happen. Yo, I also noticed the song on there that's called Dead London Part 1. Never there isn't a part, a part two. two. I noticed that. I noticed that as well. That's sick. That's a uh, that's a, cr- a reverse qu- cry wolf. You remember how he has a part uh, yes. two, but not a part one. Yeah, that's part. It's, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we we better move on. But anyway, a fun discussion. I'm glad we did it. Yeah, oh, I like yeah. prog rock. <laughs> I'm like the I like turtles kid. Cody just adjusts his mic. I like prog rock. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Many are saying this. I'm included. I didn't even notice the new bump. Yeah, I've not been. I've not been tuned in. This is an important Aaron put take it that just happened in chat. More like pog rock. Oh, <laughs> true. Poggers. Poggers. Pogger rock. All right. Uh, I, I think this is this is Cody's topic, eh? This is Cody's yes. topic. Um, I'm just gonna lay the question out. Can there be a definitive genre of music? No. No. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I think it's it's an important, or no, maybe not important. I don't think anything we necessarily do is going to change society, but I, I think it's an interesting topic to take on because I would don't know if I'd say yes or no. I think there's arguments either way. Yeah, but I do too. I, I think it. There's a lot of people out there. I think it comes down as mostly just to classical fans. I, here, what what I think, <laughs> but they I'm, are the I'm, ones that are going to be like, oh, I'm going to come. That's not Johann Sebastian Bach, and then I break their jaw with the meanest roundhouse <laughs> kick they've ever seen in their life. I'm going to come screaming. Is that in. that pacifist thing, man? That, yeah, that's, that's pacifist. That's what pacifists do. Sorry, yeah. in Minecraft. In yeah. my oh yeah, yeah. in Minecraft. Sorry, yeah, I snap I their neck in Minecraft. Minecraft. Yeah, no, it's just electrons. <laughs> I will literally punch them into. On re-listen, the joke I've been making is going to be so cringy because I was saying I'm going to come screaming in with my opinion, and then I got cut off three times. And so I was like, I'm going to come screaming. I'm going to come screaming. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to come screaming in with my opinion here though on this because what right. I would say is there can be a definitive genre of music. However, it is dependent upon an individual's perspectives because there are way too many variables the genre of that time for example metal right if we're talking about metal back in the late 90s versus metal right now different it now but then if you want to say okay but the definitive metal is the original metal it's like okay yeah but it's not that anymore 
That that only existed at that time period. It doesn't exist as it did right now. But what if you make the argument? So it's that, not definitive. That the DNA, the DNA is the essence. I mean, that, that could be said. That's like saying that's like saying, can pizza be definitive? Oh you know yeah. What I'm no, absolutely, absolutely not. No, 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 because it's way too dependent. It's way too dependent. No, 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 no. On different. There's takes literally a of definitive pizza. genre of pizza. It's a margarita. That was the first <laughs> genre of pizza. Okay, you just did exactly what I just brought up, and I brought it up before you even did it because I knew somebody was going to do it. You said it was the first. Okay, first. If you doesn't go mean- to Italy and you go up to like a pizza purist, they're going to tell you that that is the only. Have you ever heard right of Neanderthals? <laughs> yeah, I've heard of Neanderthals. Canadians went and put pineapple on pizza, and that's all I'm going to say. People have gone and ruined it, okay. so I don't really care you about just what's called it a in the pizza, though. You Jake, just called it a pizza. What if well, we, which means a pizza. it is pizza. It is pizza. Could, uh, yeah, just as much as definitive pizza. Neanderthals might be the... Because I would argue the, there is no definitive pizza. There's original pizza. There's not definitive pizza. I think the margarita is the platonic ideal of a pizza. <laughs> Uh, you can't go switching here, up the words. We're I talking think. about definitive. If you want to ask me, ideal is definitive. My take on this this whole subject is that I I think for me music tends to be an emotional experience, and there's more than one emotion. And no, no, I, I only have one I, I do agree with this. However, John, no your friend, your friend in the comments just said something, and this is exactly what I was trying to address. He said, "No such thing as new metal or original metal. There there's is just metal." metal. He said there's just metal goes for every genre. That's what he said. And I totally disagree because there is original metal and there is modern metal. Like just straight up. If you compare them side by side, they are going to be so freaking different. Like if you just sat somebody down and go, these songs are both metal and you played a freaking like, I don't know, some 41. I don't know. Something, something from that time period. <laughs> well, okay. Some 41. I, I was literally I walked into okay. the spot and he, I put I was, on obituary. He's I was his thinking argument. of... I was thinking of Guitar Hero and my mouth got ahead of my brain, okay? But I'm just saying, if you turned on some track from that period and then you turned on modern metal, like, I don't know. I'm here with these metal guys. If I drop names, Five they're, they're going to freak Five out. Five flavor fruit punch. So what I'll just say, okay, there's an obvious difference. There is an obvious, clear difference. And they both fall under the same, quote, genre. But there's an obvious difference. So it's not the same and it doesn't go for every genre. It is different. That is what I would argue. I think it comes down to time and place, too. That's what I'm saying. If I was alive That's in the exactly 90s and I'm someone saying. tried to tell me, man, you need to check out this new metal band They're called Corn. <laughs> I'm going to first tell them they're stupid. Oh, it's, and new then second, it's new metal. I'm going to break it's out a metal. Sabbath CD and say, take this home. Put it in your earphones. <laughs> Smoke that. <laughs> they're going to so, have a great time. Okay, but like. Does anybody disagree I, with no, no, me? I hear what you're saying. Like, okay, well then yeah. let's hear it. Let's hear it. Because yeah. I, I feel like I'm just saying the same thing over and over. I don't I don't disagree with what you're saying. I disagree with your axioms. I disagree with what you're presuming here. Okay, what which, am I presuming? Which is kind of this idea that it's not worth making anything have a definition or labeling it definitive because it is so dependent on context both to the individual and over time. Yeah. And I disagree with that. I, it, You stated that, and it, it rang even more true when you just said that. I think that's totally true. Yeah. I, so, I, so, so explain to me why it's not. Yeah, so, okay. Because really, really what this is a discussion about, this is not about music. 
This discussion is not about music. It's about pizza. And this show isn't about music either. It's and about music isn't about how it sounds. It's community. about Sum true. 41. Yeah, it's actually about Sum 41. And it's always been about Sum 41. <laughs> it's true. The, the discussion that we're having here is functionally, are labels useful? And there are a lot of people who would say, you know, I avoid labeling myself. I avoid labeling genres. I avoid labeling certain cars as good or bad. I avoid past because to them, labels mean judgment. They mean static. They mean assigning a quality of good or evil. They mean saying these traits will always be the same across everything. Oh, I would, I would never call someone a good person because we all have our flaws. Well, but some people act more in line ethically with the beliefs that you espouse at a given time than others do, right? So the nuance that I would like to provide is if we are going to even bother to use language, if we're even going to bother talking about ideas in the abstract. So I'm not talking about the literal waveform, right? The, the degree of air pressure that moves through our earlobes, right? I want to talk about a song. Well, what's a song? What's an album? What is an artist, even? So, what is a genre? And I think what they are, are very useful abstractions that contain three things. The first is um, the referent, which is the thing that it actually is, right? The actual wave, the actual air pressure, electrical signals that wiggle your ears, right? The second is the sign, which is the name that we call it, say metal music or Christian music, right? And the thing in between those is the sense, the context and the sense of intentions and associations that we have with those things. Now, what you're fundamentally proposing here, right, is that the sense has changed so much and the referent changed so much that we shouldn't keep the sign the same. But I disagree with that, right? Suppose that I was trying to communicate to you, um, right, that I had a system for generating IDs of people. This is going to get a little computer science-y, right? Um, but I tell you that... If you got this out of a textbook, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> that this idea would, is no. like every ID is unique, right? Then you don't really care how I generate the ID. You just care that you associate with it these ideas of the ID being unique upon generation. You don't care whether I'm using some random number generator or whether I'm just incrementing one and over and over again in my head, right? And so what I'm trying to say is that as humans, we developed language because we get think we get useful things discussed when we can speak in abstractions. When we can think about things that are not the thing that literally is itself. There's a Alice in Wonderland thing about that too. Not the thing that literally is itself, the wiggly air, but the idea of a thing and how certain abstractions can be more similar to other abstractions. Shout out to and so when someone comes up to me and they say, hey, I want to get into shoegaze music, I now have a framework by which to know what to recommend them, what they might be looking for, and some of that wiggly air that, for whatever reason, will elicit hormones in their brain that make them happy. Okay, I, I agree, actually. I get what you're saying. But you are speaking generally. You're saying that... Once the deferent or whatever changes and the sense changes, right, it's still fundamentally the same thing, but big, really big variables in it have changed. And so, sure, it's generally the same thing. But that wasn't the question. The question was, can there be a definitive? Yeah. And, and I would argue that 
There can't be definitive. There's general, there's original, there's like, I, I don't I don't have a better term, but like, it's like ballpark. If they say shoegaze, it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, it's shoegazy stuff. <laughs> well, so if, if modern you, versus new, if it's you be really want to be denotative, if you want to be like, let's go by philosophy, we're full, we're first year philosophy students. Careful, careful. He's, and we're trying to define hey, he's everything. Not a, yeah, he's not a first year philosophy student. We're trying to define everything in terms of pure logic, right? You could say reads Aristotle once. It is only <laughs> what it is, right? And so you're saying, is it possible to define by the essence of like pure logic and philosophy a music genre? Obviously not. Obviously, but that is so reductionist of a take. That doesn't apply to hardly anything hey, that we stru- would consider hey, useful. Hey, the word was don't, definitive. Don't, yeah. so, so, so the word the word what? is definitive, but you're saying it can't be definitive. And I'm saying, yes, if you believe the word definitive means we have to pin it down into this exact specific thing in a logical, philosophical sense, then yes, I'd agree with you. I disagree with your definition of definitive. I think we need to make the word definitive useful in this conversation so we can talk about whether the labels so are you're useful. Saying, in, in, other words, Cody, in other words, Cody, the word you chose didn't matter because we can just define what definitive means so so i feel like i'm listening to a debate tournament right now and <laughs> i'll explain this real quick because <laughs> it started out when my friend said there's no such thing as genre there's a type of high school debate called policy and in policy debate you can just straight up not take a side and run what is called a critique k-r-i-t-i-k and <laughs> nice. in a critique you just poke holes in the topic so when he was like no such thing as genre i'm like i feel like i'm getting a k ran against me right now and i'm in high school again it's like nationals 2013 things are happening um but then like now we're like redefining words it just all falls under that high school debate structure and i do think that that's an important way to look at it like define those words because a topic Obviously, so, can go so that is one, the, two, three, four different ways. Uh, yeah, think, if you think, come in with your own definitions, and then you've got like, all right, so genre is obviously like the word that we're hinging on here. Okay, but what I what I am saying, okay, I totally agree with what you're saying. Actually, like it's a great point, and I do agree with Logan in that the definition is important because differing definitions is going to create different perspectives. But what I will say is this: if we're talking about what we were given right before we did this, we were, we were asked, can there be a definitive genre? That word generally, because if I go too specific, it'll be reductionist or whatever, but that word generally means it is specific. It is clear. It is defined, right? He is saying one element is clear and defined. Everything else that's changed that would probably be considered the majority by the average listener even though the majority has changed, it still fits into a specific group. And what that sounds like to me is just general. He's speaking generally, mm. not specifically or definitively. Yeah, no. And I, generally, I well, agree so, with So, him. I mean, I can see both your points because like, I, I think you're saying genre is a key and there's only one key that fits in the lock. And Logan is saying keys are a structure that we use to understand. Yeah. And keys have not changed. So, I mean, I can see both. I of will your say points. that I don't have a side on this. Yeah. I just wanted to see well, let me, the discussion would go. Let me put it this way. I won't die by this point. I, I, I do understand what Logan's saying. You might end up in a legal but, battle. A heated, if I can't fight Conan, <laughs> I, if I can't fight Conan, 
then you're going to be fighting an illegal battle over this. This so. is true. You might not yeah. die. But what I what what I will say is, um, I just think that there are way too many variables to just dismiss and say, yeah, but we're thinking generally here. It's like okay, but that's not what definitive is. All right, so let's let's hold drill on, down. On. I'm ready. This is actually an important like caveat to this all. Where do genres and subgenres different? Is prog rock a genre or a subgenre? Can subgenres be quote unquote definitive, or is that only reserved for what we would consider genre? That's a good question, actually. Yeah, it's because subgenres and that honestly breaks it down to like if I had to take a side on this. See, there okay, it is. no, I was talking with my older brother about this again. It's funny you bring up computer science because the the computer scientists do this all the time. They try to abstract things and they try to define things and then they try to say this is the true truth. This is what it is. And if you're what I struggle with sometimes is if you if you go too deep into this, you start yeah, you break through this area where you go, oh shoot, I don't know if anything can be that well defined. And then and then it's like, well, things are almost like they don't have true definition or form or and then and then things can kind of start to become meaningless. You yeah. you try to assign so much meaning to everything that yeah. everything becomes meaningless. Meaningless. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And so I I don't know. You're making I, the abstract too abstract? Yeah, because like it, that that errs on the side of the argument I was making because with with Logan, it's kind of like what what I was kind of picking up from that is it's just like Okay, but if you just think about it, like, in a more general sense, we know what these genres are. We know what the genre is. We know what it generally sounds like. We know that when you hear it, it's like, okay, I know what this genre is, generally at least. But what I'm saying is if you try to take every piece, it's kind of like a scatter plot, right? And it's like, if we're saying that the genre is a bullseye in the middle, it's like, taking all of those scatter plots and shoving them into one into the bullseye it's like okay yeah generally we get it this is metal this is rock this is rap whatever yeah. no 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 but trolls world tour there yeah. there's pop there's pop there's country there, there's funk yeah so <laughs> trolls okay trolls world tour <laughs> yeah all right the way no but like <laughs> but like i just feel like using the word definitive is like the bullseye and that's why I don't think they all fit in the bullseye. Generally, sure. I generally say, like, okay, yeah, I know what the genre this is. But if we're using the word definitive, that means whoop, it is in the bullseye, not just a scatter plot around it. I think there were some good points. Made. So you're, you're talking a little bit about accuracy versus precision here, right? Which is, is everything falling in the bullseye or are we seeing a bunch of points together and we're just moving the bullseye to accommodate it? And what I want that, to fo- what I want to focus yeah, on yeah, yeah. when I when I call your argument reductionist, I don't mean that in a derogatory sense, and I don't mean that you're not being intelligent about this. The question that I'm trying to ask by saying why do we have these concepts like abstraction and language is because what is useful, what is useful to talk about and practical to talk about when somebody asks you, Jake, can you tell me some bands that sound like Twenty One Pilots, right? So you have in your head some platonic ideal of a sound. And we agree on that, right? Yeah. Because yep. you said that was the core of my argument is that we all just kind of intuitively know these things. 
But I would argue not only do we intuitively know these things, but we're also able to express them pretty decently well. That's why we have things like the dictionary or like Wikipedia, right? Which is the our capacity to not only intuitively understand something, but to explain it in language that would encompass that area of the scatter plot is what makes something definable and therefore definitive. Is it a strict definition? Not necessarily. Is it something that I would say is one of the more concrete of all the abstractions that we as humans have made up to talk about art? No. I mean, it's not like it was only this group of painters from like 20 in 20 years, right? Like if I say impressionist, you know very specifically the types and group of people that I'm talking about. And again, probably have a platonic ideal in your head. But the reason I'm focusing on definable and the word definitive is is it useful and can we describe it with language? Yeah. And I think we can. Yeah. I, I it, it does come down to the I definition of the just, word. Another it's, beautiful point here. It might work the other way around and that every point around the bullseye has a little bit of the bullseye in it. Therefore, you can define the points by the bullseye at least by a little bit. True. True. I honestly but, think there's arguments to be made both ways. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, for those back-to-back messages from our dear friend there, that's yeah. why. Yeah, no, I I mean, it just de- it depends on how specific you want to be. That's what it is. How how precise do you need to be with that's it? That's a good that's a good one. That was a good one. That was a good that one. That was a good question. That was, that was kind of some music. That was, that was like <laughs> many are saying this. Um, anyway. <laughs> Cody, Cody is such a uh, I can't Cody, I can't stop saying that. Cody's it started what? out ironically when I would be like Many are saying this. Cody, I, or, I, I, I've I, heard I, many reports of this. Many it's, such cases. Many such cases. It's just like, you know, one-line clips from Donald Trump's presidency. But, like, then I realized I was not saying it ironically anymore. Yeah. I was just saying it as part of, like, my linguistic code now just includes these things that were jokes at first. Mm-hmm. Everything's stupid. <laughs> I'm sincerely grateful That's that Cody's true. in the world. Yeah, Cody. And that I get to know him. Yeah, we are graced with Cody. Thanks, presence. guys. I feel the same about y'all. Oh, look at this, bro. It's so sweet. We're getting along a little too well right now. Yeah, I know. All right, Bob's trying to bring negative energy in here. <laughs> Ashton's going to have to try harder. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of people who can make a song over 10 minutes long and make it worth my time, uh, Deaf Heaven consistently God, yes. knocks it out of the park, uh, bringing that mixture of. Uh, shoegaze and black metal, which has unfortunately been called black gaze uh, in some communities. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a bad idea. Yeah, I, mm, yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> blame Reddit. It's not great. Blame word, Reddit. Word that works well on paper, not so much in the audio form. Add it to the playlist right now. Uh, but definitely. What if you called it shoe metal? Shoe metal. <laughs> you should not like it. Should not. Crust should not punks. be confused. Okay, but is that better or worse than black? Black gaze. Black gaze. <laughs> I don't know. Again, black gaze Shoe looks metal. Black Shoe gaze goes better. pretty hard on paper. Think, it's when you it say does, it out loud. Yeah, that yeah when like, you say it out loud, you're like, oh, that sounds like a couple other words. Mm, this yeah. might be homophobic yeah, I don't and know racist. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't help that the lead singer looks like an uber Nazi. He does. That guy's got immense Hitler Youth energy. He really does. He's got like the jaw and like the flat haircut and like the 
stern look that you're he like he wears mm. leather live too i'm just like oh, yeah. you're treading a fine line there friend but he's not the one that got canceled in the band it was a guitarist there's a lot of testosterone in that man's aesthetic. <laughs> also Fetch. shoe metal does sound tough that's something that just hit the chat and i agree oh I it, it took him it saying it took him saying yeah i think it did i actually. never disagreed <laughs> with you <laughs> yeah no i'm kidding dude where's jameson that's what i'm asking where is jameson, jameson. rest in peace captain bolt gun okay but honestly <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's getting smoked Holy by uh, Javier Bardem's character from No Country for Old Men out here. Oh, no, no, What's his uh, name? No, I mean, I believe Antonio um, Antoine. Antoine. I believe the original Antoine take. Antoine, I forget. Yeah. I believe the original take was more like, you know, just kind of started studying veganism, started watching some of those YouTube videos, and then, you know, just got a little fed up. That's kind of where Damon ended That's up. That's where Damon ended up. But you know what I'll say? Your friend. And I love Jameson. I ain't trashing Jameson at all. But your friend is interacting even more than Jameson did. Okay, but which Jameson, is kind of crazy. Jameson has man. I shout I, out to Jameson. Oh, just, shout out Jameson. I know. I'm not trying to downsize Jameson. I'm I just love saying, Jameson. He's clipped the problematic things I've said in the past. I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> impressed with how much this guy's interacting. It's kind of crazy to me. Yeah, no, it's definitely fun to have you, man. It is very fun to have you. Tell tell your friends. Alright, so I'm up next. My feelings are still a little hurt that Logan took my spot in first place. You know, that's that's fine. It happens. I'm on this side of the you know, table things, now. Things change. There's a side to the table now. <laughs> oh, so it's us and them now, huh? It so, really is. It's us and them. It's us and them? It's us and them. <laughs> Am I up next? Yeah, no, I'm up next. Right. I'm up next. Well, Logan, like Cody ends the show Logan redefined it. That he is first, and it goes yep. like this. That's yep. all I do is Cody, argue about right. definitions. It's, it's because yeah. I end it. Cody is good at ending the show. He is good at ending the show. Okay, here I am. I'm back um, with just another Pine Grove song. You already I know saw who you it is. To them today on Spotify. I looked up. <laughs> Dude. I see Jake listening to the album, and then I see Jake listening to Pine Grove. Like two minutes later, I'm like. All right. <laughs> I can't help it, dude. He's a pine I, nut. He's a pine I nut. am a pine nut full <laughs> through don't, and through. I would say, don't finish that sentence. Literally through and through. More I am like a pine Lamison, nut. I'm I'm the chat now. Yeah, you know, self-deprecating. I, I appreciate that. You know, <laughs> uh, No, but what I'll say is Pine Grove is just one of those bands that it just feels like the perfect intersection of, like, I... I this band was made for me, I think. I think they were made just for me. And, you know, all you pine nuts out there with tattoos, sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I really have attached with them a lot lately. And um, if you haven't seen it and you do care about Pine Grove, if you don't, probably don't do it because you'll probably not care that much. But they did do a movie last year. It's like a full-length movie thing. The storyline is silly and kind of just there. It's not anything deep. But the music they did for it, along with the visuals, oh my gosh, so good. It's called Amperland New York. And what they did is they basically took their last two albums and they did them all in a live session, but it does not sound live at all. It sounds like studio recordings, but they did it live for the movie. And you get to actually watch the takes that made the final cut in the movie, and it's really cool to go watch. Anyway, my bop is off that album, and it is called Alcove, which the song actually came from their 2020 album, Marigold, but that version is not near as good as the Amperland version. So go listen to the Amperland version. It is so good. His voice, it, it's, it's an acoustic song. Most of Amperland is pretty acoustic-y. But like, 
It's an acoustic song, and at the end, he's kind of going, like, it is a guitar, but it kind of sounds banjo-y just a little bit. And then at the end, bro, this guy comes in with this slide on an acoustic guitar. Oh, and it is just so perfect. Like, it gives me, like, goosebumps. And so, anyways, I've been listening to that song a lot, you know, kind of matches my mood right now, and just loving it, so. Pine Grove. Nice. That's awesome. Um... I have a long-standing, complicated relationship with Muse. Their new singles, <laughs> their new singles, are freaking. Have they gone back to sounding like their, stuff from Black their Holes? Their single is a rager. It actually does it is. sound like something from Black Holes or before. It though? sounds like Black Holes. It sounds more like drones, though. I'm out. Give it a listen. <laughs> it's, it's, got, more, it's, it's more like it's drones. got the space. It's got the space metal, but it's guitar driven. He screams in it. He does scream, and he actually screaming, he actually does pretty and it, good. And the, the 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 chorus line just sounds like his old operatic, operatic just like epic space metal song. It, it's it's good. It's good. Wait, as good screaming as Jared Leto? <laughs> hey, I'll have you know that Thirty Seconds to Mars might be the best band in the last twenty five. Oh my gosh, <laughs> might be. Hey, bro, have you heard that one uh, song featuring Thirty Seconds to Mars called Purple Lamborghini? Yeah. <laughs> No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Elton John did a song. You have to remember that I'm a boomer. You mean Ain't No Mercy? (laughs) No, no, no. This single though is called "Won't Stand Down," and like it, it, the verse kind of gets you in a mood, and then the chorus is very much a stark contrast to the verse. But together, they're doing something, and Matt Bellamy is it is it is a classic vocal line, just very operatic. Yep, a little bit of screaming in there. The screaming, I, I was, love. I was, I was blown away because like they they have been so hit and miss. But like this, this really I haven't liked they, anything they've they, done since the resistance. And even then, it. I was like, mm-hmm. the resistance was kind of the beginning of the end. But this, this is those good. last three tracks that are on there, like the Exogenesis I, Suite or whatever they're called, are good. Yeah, I like those. Je- and they've had a few songs here and there since then. Drones, like, I really didn't like drones at first, but it's most because I was being a hipster. I actually think drones. Is yeah, a good I'm album. not gonna hate on drones right now. I yeah, like drones. drones. Is a I good haven't listened album. to it since it was like it, new. It, it's a guitar album. Nobody does guitar albums anymore. Like much respect. But the my main problem with uh, drones is the drum, the drumming. Dom is usually such a cool drummer. He comes up with really unique parts. This is the first it's song. Like I've a ever, minimal kit. This too. is the first song I've ever heard. He has a double bass. He has double bass. There's one song on uh, double bass and screaming. Absolution, right isn't there? Not like oh, the, what's you, the song for Absolution? Like. Uh, I you. I can't think of the name uh, of it. That was beautiful. It starts um, with an A. Yeah, I know the song. It's um, it's got like the synth over the chorus. Oh, apocalypse, please. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm dun dun. It's definitely like in the chorus. Those drums are pretty quick. Yeah, no, but this this is actually like, like straight up. He's actually bass. doing the flams. Like he's actually nailing them. This you know, guy. I'm this, like, oh, this guy just said Muse is metal. Now let's fetch and go. <sighs> Here's the thing. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. That that single really surprised me. I'll listen so. to it. And I have to echo Aaron. I know I've already said it, but I like honestly, Matt Bellamy's voice drives me insane. Like <laughs> I do not like his voice. But he screamed really good on this song. Alright. Unfortunately, well, not not unfortunately, but they did drown his voice in distortion. Nice. Super so massive, it, you know, super it, massive black hole style. But the scream the is really good still. It's a good scream. So. It's a good riff, though. It is, but dun, Twilight dun, ruined dun, it. Dun, it got really dun, popular dun. on the radio because of Twilight. I know. Well, so that is, 
I'll have to get into it sometime. <laughs> On season zero, I definitely got into it, but it's like, yeah, ever since Twilight, they just can't get their crap together. They are they they are drones, making drones they came out after Twilight. Sedonia, and that was the that no, was the end of it. Drones came out after Twilight. Yeah, well, I know, but th- so what happened? Uh, you're 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 gonna plunge me right into it. But a uh, quick version is basically it's like when they started, they wanted to be basically Rage Against the Machine. Uh-huh. They they did. And they were trying to do it. Like, Matt Bellamy is very much like, I'm a pretty good guitar player, right? These are some pretty good Marillion riffs. <laughs> and, <Really>? and, um, <laughs> but like, then they kind of got in with that crowd. The Twilight thing got clouded in there. Now they have this fan base that can't really relate too well to that, but is willing to go pretty far with it. But like, there's a, there's a line. Yeah. And, and so, Every once in a while, like drones, they were trying to, I feel like, kind of cross that line. But yeah. then, but then that whole fan base is mad. And then the other fan base, when they go super poppy and are like pitching to vampire romance style, everybody's like, oh my gosh, what are you guys doing? Yeah, they did split their They fan are base. very much just oscillating in two impossible camps. But yeah, I, I can see that. Who anyway. successfully makes vampire romance music? Him. Like the band him. Oh. oh, I thought you were saying Matt Bellamy. Matt like, Bellamy does. <laughs> Technically speaking, he did. He Super did. Massive Black Hole was on the Twilight soundtrack, and that thing was huge. They, yeah. it, made, it made sense. That's the part that was disturbing. It was like, Muse is so cool. And then all of a sudden, it was like, whoa, it makes sense. And then it was like, oh. <laughs> now you're a Twilight person? I've always been a Twilight person. <laughs> all right, Cody. I've been listening to a lot of Rush, like a lot, <laughs> which isn't like a surprise to anyone. This happens pretty frequently. Oh, but I, I saw that tweet that you got two demons inside you and there was Yes Fragile. And, oh, uh, yeah. It was the band Integrities, uh, Humanity is the Devil. And then, yeah, it was Fragile by Yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that is, there's two wolves inside of me. Um, but I've been listening, I saw some guy on YouTube uploaded like a cover of, it was like a 30 minute long video of just, you know, 10 seconds of like every Rush song, which A, it's insane that you would be able to learn the drum patterns for that many Rush songs, but he wasn't playing like on most of them, just the choruses. He was playing the roles the entire time. And I was like, man, Neil Peart was a great drummer. Yeah. And so I sat down and I started listening to the stuff that they released after Signals because that's when it gets weird. Yeah. And I love all of those albums. I've come to terms with, you know, Roll the Bones, Presto, Hold Your Fire. I'm like, these are all great albums. But I listened to Vapor Trails the other day for the first time in years. And it starts out with like the most insane double bass section. And just Neil Peart doing his crazy thing. The song's called One Little Victory. It's how you would open an album. And, you know, he's the professor, man. If you're going to listen to Prague, you got to listen to the professor. He's the professor. <laughs> he is the professor. <laughs> so anyway, it's another week here at Nitwick Studios. Another great episode in the books. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, more fun and shenanigans. Make sure to hit the hit the socials. I noticed a lot of you watching aren't subscribed to our channel. 75 percent are not watching or, or watching. I screwed that sentence up right from jump. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Aaron, you're welcome to kill the stream whenever you'd like. I'm done with my spiel. See you next week. See you next week. See you next week. See you next week.